Now turn with me to Psalm 127, 1, accepting the exception. And uh, a little illustration while you're turning there, Psalm 127, verses 1 and 2, we'll be looking at this morning. I'll uh, just, uh, for January, and depending upon how long it goes, looking at the home, the personal life, and uh, just several things that God has set in order for us. God is a God of order. As we were discussing on Thursday night at our Bible study, the God who created creation, he had a specific reason why he created the creation week the way he created it. And at that sixth day, when humans were created, God created everything for a perfect environment for man. I mean, the pinnacle of God's creation, the last thing he created was humanity. It's kind of like during a time before a child is born, still in the womb, man, there's a time right before that baby's born, the mother and maybe the dad, they go through and they just begin to clean house and get that ready for that baby to come in. God got the world ready for humanity to come, the pinnacle of his creation. And the Bible demands that you be open to the power of exception for only those who are, are open to the spirit of grace. Even, the illustration for you, even under Old Testament law, we see examples of exceptions that allow grace to dominate. The law forbids the Jews to marry Canaanites or Moabites, but Rahab the Canaanite and Ruth the Moabite are in the bloodline of Jesus. They became exceptions by their faith and played a major role in God's plan. Psalm 127, 1 and 2. Accept the Lord. Build the house. They labor in vain that build it. Accept the Lord. Keep the city. The watchman waketh, but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. This sermon is principally based off of two words in this. The first word, and then a, verse, a word later on, accept. As I was pondering and studying the word accept in this, the various passages and contexts of the word accept used in our word in the Bible, it is surprisingly clear of our total inability to build a house, a home, a church, or even our lives apart from the Lord. I'd like to share some of these exceptions with you and help you to understand just how impossible it is for the raising of a home, a house, a church, or a life can be apart from Christ. There are thousands of books, lecturers, gurus, speakers, academicians, and others who preach and teach a, a message that minimizes an exception and instead will preach the addition of more knowledge. But the Bible tells us, accept the Lord. So out of all other, he's saying, accept the Lord, build a house, you do so for emptiness. There is a refusal to accept the exclusive way. Now, they minimize absolutes because we understand here that the, that the heart of man, it lusts against the spirit. Galatians 5.17, for the flesh, that is my, my sinful nature, right? My, 
My desire is to do what I want to do the way I want to do it. The flesh lusteth against the spirit. My flesh and God's spirit and, and, and my spirit, if I know Christ, man, they're at odds with one another. And, and, and who I'm giving that authority to, am I going to just follow what feels good? Am I going to follow my heart? Or am I going to follow the timeless, eternal word of God, the truths that God has given us? The flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one, the one to the other. Understand this. You know, as a little kid, you say, hey, I would like you to do this. I'm going to do it. You know, and they do it with a bad attitude. Well, I mean, they're fighting against the will. I don't want of an authority. I don't want any. I, I want to do it my way. There's got to be an exception. There has to be a loophole. There has to be a detour around what you've just told me today uh, to do. But the Bible says, accept the Lord. We've got to come to an understanding. Accept the Lord. There is no other alternative. There is nothing that is, is good except the Lord. And this is the truth that God has given us. You cannot do the things that you would. So in Galatians 5, 17, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. You know, the most repulsive thought is a singular path in life under authority and the domination of God. Now, God is not domineering and, and ruthless and harsh. He's very loving and caring and compassionate. But God has a way things to be done. He's very orderly. He's very structured. The Bible tells us in Psalm 51, 5, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. We were all born sinners, every one of us. Every child you'll ever come across, whether it's your own child, whether it's a, a, a child of a family member, a niece or a nephew or whomever, that child is going to have selfish tendencies. Sin. Now, it is not enough just to recognize an exception. You can't just say, accept the Lord. Okay, that's great. Woo! You have to wholly accept it and live in light of this truth. So many people are looking for loopholes and ways around, or at best, how to minimize God's authority, but they are not ready, readily accepting the immutability of an exclusive way. What I mean by that is God says, do it this way. You said, well... Maybe that just worked for them, but that doesn't really work now. What you're trying to do is say that you know better than God's word. You're saying, well, okay, I understand. I've, heard, I've talked to people. I said, well, the principle of Scripture is, you know, someone's out there smoking weed. And I said, well, your body is a, a vessel of the Holy Spirit of God. You shouldn't be defiling your body with these things that are not of God. I mean, you're making your body defiled. But, and they try to give me excuses you know, all these sorts of justifications for the actions. You can justify it all day long, but except the Lord, except you're doing it and you're treating God's body, God's house, if you call yourself a blood-bought, born-again, Bible-believing Christian, you've accepted Jesus Christ by faith alone, we ha we've said, God, I w you've saved me from eternity. You've saved me from hell. You've saved me from the power of sin over me. God, I'm your child. God, I want to serve you with all that I am. God, I'm not, I am not going to settle for doing it my way, except the Lord is the one that guides me. I'm not doing it. Because in our mindset, we say, well, this is okay. It's not okay if you want to do it your way. Because God Almighty, who created us, who established the order and the structure of this world, He is the one that says, listen, I've got a perfect way for you. Except the Lord. You know, many, when you have an authority figure whom God has placed over you, 
and you are living for your lust, you'll fight, you'll scream, you'll murmur, you'll cry, and you'll resist this person's authority. When you are seeking to go a path that is contrary to God's word, this person who is seeking to follow the exclusive path for God and holiness will be a rebuke and a threat to your deluded way of living. You may see them as a threat to, your own, to the authority of yourself. I want to be my own leader. I want to direct my own steps. I want to resist the God-ordained authority because they may not measure up to my standard of what I think an authority ought to be. But in God's economy, the Bible is filled with exceptions which eliminate all other paths from a singular means of travel in life. Jesus said, I am the way. No man cometh unto the Father but by me, except the Lord. As we think on this, do you find yourself seeming to be coming up against a door in your life, and the harder you try to break through and go the path your own way, you find that path of life just begins to get a lot harder. More heartache, more difficulties, more opposition, and the pain only increases. Unless we are willing to accept the exception, you will add to your delusion and find yourself in destruction. The exception of the Lord is a universal law that may be refused, but it cannot be ignored. Unless you submit, this exception will be the undoing of your life. Submit to God's authority in your life, the authority over us, otherwise we'll reap the ruin of rebellion. Every home, church, and personal life must determine who is their authority. As they submit, the fruit of their submission will prove the authority to whom they yield. This morning, as we come to this, the principle is you must accept the exception and lay down your will to Christ for the exclusive path and reward and blessing. What I mean by that, there is no way to adequately build the house apart from the Lord. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I, I yield this morning to Thee, and God, I need Your help. Father, You have worked on my heart mightily in this message and the preparation thereof. and Our Father, I just ask You, to direct us and guide us. Lord, if maybe we're trying to do it our own way, our own paths, and we've neglected the accept the Lord, and Father, we have reaped some consequences that are other than we desire. Our Father, I pray today as I preach your holy word, please speak through me, guide my thoughts and lips, that you'd be glorified. I need your help. This is your message you've given these are your people whom you love. And Father, I pray that you convict hearts. God, a breaking that we can't do life outside of the instructions and guidance of Almighty God in your holy word. Father, help us to be pure and holy. I love you. God, if there's anyone this morning that is trying to get to heaven their own way, and Lord, they've never accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, I pray that they'd bow their heads this morning, and ask you to forgive them of all their sins and be their Savior. God, you are not willing that any should perish. So Lord, we need your help, we need your presence and your strength. I love you in Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. Would you turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7, the determination of the exception. And this is, you know, it's interesting. If you've ever been in a situation, you've had an authority over you, and a legitimate authority, and you're trying to go in a, a different way than that authority. 
and you're trying your hardest to convince this individual or individuals, plural, to go a course of action that is other than you desire. And you're frustrated, you're mad, I mean, you're just raging like a hornet. But it doesn't matter how irritated you are, the directions that are given are still standing. They're still binding. And you're saying, I want my way. I mean, when you think about the taxes, <laughs> there are times uh, it'd be kind of nice not to have to pay some taxes and do some other things. There are times you're like, man, this is way overpaying taxes. But as much as I may go against it, I can't stop it. There is an authority of government over me that I must pay it. It doesn't matter how mad or how irritated, I have to pay it. Now the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, <clears throat> Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came. And the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. This first individual, the wise man built his house upon the rock, as the, song, the children's song goes. But he, it says, I will liken him unto a wise man. But he, listen, he hears and he does. Except the Lord. You said, except the Lord, build the house? Hey, how does God want me to build my house? How does God want me to build my life? How does God want me to build a home? How does God want me to relate in, in relationships and other things? How does God want me to do it? Except the Lord. You're, you're hearing and then you're doing. And the Bible says, when the rains and the winds and the storms of life come upon you, every one of us are going to face trials. Every one of us are going to face some things that are just like hurricane force winds that are about ready to upend you, blow you over, blow you out to sea, and you're just thinking... I'm just barely holding on. If you continue to do what you heard, you'll be, you won't move. In verse 26, And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. You notice the difference here? The first person heard and built their house on a rock, except the Lord. The Lord was the foundation. The Lord, as I had mentioned last week with the truth of Scripture, that was their very guide of wisdom for life. The second person, they hear, but they build it somewhere else. Upon maybe your own, some philosophy of life, some religion that is not founded in the Word of God, that does not abide by the Word of God. When those winds and waves come, you fall apart. We all know a commentary on this from uh, R. Kent Hughes, but he says, we all know the story about the house that was built on rock and the house that was built on the sand. We know that the houses are metaphors for two men's religious lives. The houses, the lives, look exactly the same. In our terms, they both have chimneys, both have several bedrooms, the windows are shuttered, they are freshly painted in attractive colors, and the yards are well kept. So it is with the edifices of their lives, they look the same. The two men attend the same church, sing the same songs, send their children to the same schools, but one has been wise and the other has been a fool. 
And uh, that word fool there is the same word in Greek, moro or moros, from what we get the word moron in English. The wise man excavated down to the bedrock, grounded his house upon it. The foolish man built the seemingly identical building upon sand. The foundation of one man's life is solid and that of the other is non-existent. Don Carlson explains, I don't know anything about this guy and I'm not endorsing him, I'm just, here's a, uh, he says, the man who builds his house upon the shifting foundation is likened to the person who hears Jesus' words but does not put them into practice. The man who builds his house upon the rock is likened to the person who not only hears Jesus' words but puts them into practice. The difference between the two, therefore, is likened to the difference between obedience and disobedience. You see, Christian, the Word of God is not just a good thing to do. The Word of God is not just something I read. It's not just something ever so often I'm having a down day. I open it up. Oh, there's a verse I'm supposed to read. I'm telling you, this book is either the establishment of your faith. I'm not saying you lose your faith. But I'm saying it establishes you as an individual when the winds and waves of storms of life come, you don't move. You don't budge. You don't, you don't leave the Lord. I give up. Ah! You know, and you throw up your hands. This whole Christianity thing. I'm telling you, those individuals have never settled their faith on Christ. Because this book, and I'm not saying, and I don't know, I know some of you have gone through some horrific ordeals. And I'm not trying to minimize this. Would you look with me at another foundation, uh, uh, another of Christ and his foundation? Psalm 40, verse 2. As I began to really ponder all week long this accept the Lord, man, it just, it was powerful. I'd sit there in my office and just thinking and thinking and thinking, how does this apply to everyday life? There are so many people who are building their life upon a lot of very a lot of Christian sayings that maybe have little or no merit with the scriptures. Just because it may sound good, if it is not rooted in the principles and the truths of God's word, no matter how good it feels. It will not establish your anchor to that solid bedrock. In Psalm 40, verse 2, He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. I'm telling you what Jesus did in our lives to bring us to the point of salvation. Bring me up out of the pit, out of the miry clay. I was totally and completely unable to free myself. And what I could not do, Jesus did. Why is it we can accept Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior for salvation and then try to neglect Him and do our Christian life our own way the rest of our lives? The very truth that delivered me from Egypt that delivered me from hell, is the very truths that will guide me 
through all of my thought processes. Guide me in the selection of a spouse. Guide me in the selection of jobs. Guide me in the church, selection of a church. God's word ought to be the guide to every area of our lives. You can't hold back. Accept the Lord, build the house. In Psalm, Proverbs 22.22, the wicked shall be cut off from the earth and the transgressors shall be rooted out of it. Matthew 15.13, you know, people desire for their life. What people desire for their life, they want what only God can give, but they want to do it through their own foundation, their own grounding, their own root base. And that is impossible. Because the very creator who made us, he says, if you'll follow me, I'll be found of you, I'll help you, I'll be with you, I'll encourage you, I'll strengthen you. In Matthew 15, 13, but he answered and said, every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. You see, the only way your roots will stay and stand the test of storms. Turn with me to Colossians 2.7. Here is the answer. Christianity is not a mechanical system of actions which will merit you heaven. It is a relationship that starts in a belief of Jesus Christ for the acknowledgement and the confession of all your sins, and then you trust Him to lead you every step of the path. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 7, our Bible tells us, God's Word says, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. He says, rooted, built in him. Accept the Lord, build the house. Established in the faith. You can put up the walls, put up the drywall, the plaster, the paint, the roof, the trusses. Accept the Lord. As you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Man, you're just so thankful for what God is building. You're abounding in thanksgiving. Accept the Lord, and as, God, as, as you follow the Lord, and he builds, and you just, praises of God just seem to come out. Look with me at another position uh, on this idea of building, and, and the exception, Proverbs 24.3. telling you these truths will revolutionize our lives radically change us because i'm i'm rooted you know what it's so nice i remember growing up as a young kid i had a grandmother i've spoken about her hundreds of times my grandmother got saved i never knew her as an unsaved person maybe i did when i was a baby but i don't call that I don't remember but anyways my grandmother came to know Christ out of alcoholism my grandfather and I knew at any time 
I could almost, almost any time, I could go to my grandparents' house there in Everett, Washington. I'd drive up that steep driveway, I'd get out of my car, I'd go knock on that door, or I'd just walk in. And I was always welcome. You know what? What might have been, un, what might have been at home, a very, maybe sometimes tumultuous time, and I, I had stayed, I mean, I'm thankful I had, my parents are, God's used them greatly, and I'm thankful for them. But there were some rough times there, and, and maybe some things I didn't necessarily want to talk with my parents. I'll talk with my grandmother, and I knew I could always go there, sit down, and Grandma would listen. I knew if I got there early enough in the morning, Grandma would have her Bible open. I knew if I got there late enough at night, Grandma would be on her knees, she and Grandpa praying for us. You know what that did? There was stability. And our God in heaven, he doesn't want our minds going, boo, boo, hoo, hoo, you know, just flitting all over the place. I'm telling you, our God in heaven loves you so much. He says, I want a foundation. I want it to be settled. You don't need to have all that emotional roller coaster. And yes, as we learn these truths, I understand we're going to be that way. Verse 3 of Proverbs 24. Through wisdom is in house builded, and by understanding it is established. You must, without reservations or any attachments to your own self, follow God's wisdom. You must stop justifying sin. You have to stop, stop, you have to stop excusing your actions as acceptable solutions when the conduct is in clear violation of Scripture. It's not, well, I don't really want to go to church today. I'm just too tired. The Bible says not forsaking the assembling. Now I understand sickness and out of town and all that. Okay, I understand that. The righteous, look with me at another passage, Proverbs 10, 25. When we settle our foundation, we settle except the Lord. You don't need to be moving around all over the place. You're just settled. This is what I believe. You can believe whatever you want, but this is what the Bible says. I'm planting my foundation here, and I'm not moving. There's a lot of various preachers out there, but I don't need to go with them. I need to go with what the Word of God says. You say, well, they preach God's Word. Not not, not always. They don't have the same power of God. They don't have the same spirit of God, the presence and the power. And, 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 and just because you name the name of Christ, Christ talks about false prophets. And I'll talk about that tonight on how you identify false prophets. Proverbs 10.25 As the whirlwind passeth, so is the wicked no more, but the righteous is an everlasting foundation. Christian, in your Christian life, in your spiritual walk with the Lord, are you feel, or are you convicted, man, I'm jumping all over the place. Man, I'm just grasping, something's got to help me. It's kind of like times when my daughter, there's times, you know, I, I might 
throw her, or not throw her, I don't throw her up because she doesn't like that, but if I had her in my arms and I drop her and she's just, you know, when she was younger, she's like, ah, you know, stop, you know, and I catch her and I stop her and I do it again and she's like, ah, you know, she laughs. But, you know, for a moment, she's just like, ah, stop, I'm, I'm drowning, right? I'm going down. And in our spiritual life, we're just like, ah, oh, that sounds good, ah, oh, that feels good, that feels good, ah, you know? And, and we begin to, like, and it just messes with us spiritually and we're just like, <laughs> you know, I've been there. I'm there at times, you know. I'm just like, oh, God's like, get back. Accept the Lord, Chris. Accept the Lord. Yes, Lord. One uh, John Phillips says, if the Lord built not the house, build not the house, they labor in vain. As he, well, this is a scripture kind of talking about, but the truth applies to us as much as Solomon. It applies to every local church and assembly, to every effort made down here to build God's house, that great habitation of God through the Spirit, it is not going to be built, talking about church, by, it is it, the church, is not going to be built by super programs, by slick advertising, by TV, commerci- TV commercials. It is not going to be built by oratory in the pulpit or by excellence in the choir. It is not going to be built by high-pressure evangelism. It's not going to be built by the vast sums of money, by well-organized missions. It is going to be built by the Holy Spirit, by Christ living and in and through believers. End quotes. It's not what you think and you think and you think and you think. What does God think? You say, well, society says it's okay. Okay, what does God think? Because if I am a slave to society, society is ever moving and changing. Emotionally, I will not be settled. And the start of the right exception, as Scripture tells us, is the exception of salvation. You see, the start of your accept the Lord begins with defining who is your Lord. A little question for you. Who is the one who is the contractor for the building of your life and your eternity? If we're going to go into a building program, we have a gentleman coming up the first week, first time, uh, June 3rd through the 13th, and that uh, gentleman, he's the general contractor. He's overseeing the crew. He'll say what we're doing. He'll say how to do it. He's got the, the construction knowledge that I don't have. He's coming to help us. Now, we're going to listen. We're going to follow instructions. Now, for your life, your life is being built up. Maybe you didn't have a good foundation as a kid, but it doesn't mean you can't establish a good foundation when you get older and become an adult. Your start of a bad foundation doesn't mean you have to stay at a bad foundation. You make the choice it, sometimes it's some difficult choices. But I am going to make the contractor and the, 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 the builder of my life the one who says he can build the house. 1 John 4, 9, And this was manifested, the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. You cannot say, accept the Lord until he is your authority in whom you submit to in the first case. Look with me at Matthew 18, 3. 
Because when an individual, Jesus is not, again, he's not, just pray this prayer after me and you're saved. He's not a magical prayer. He's not a genie that you rub the lamp. He is one with whom you're coming to his authority and the gift of Jesus, saying he is who he says he is, the only way. I'm guilty. He's the authority. He says I can be free if I accept Jesus by faith alone. I accept it. I'm free. Matthew 18, 3. And he said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. And most people that come to Christ come to the Lord in childhood. Childhood ministry is unbelievably important because most people, the large percentage of people that come to know Christ, someday in my heart I'd love to do a bus ministry and reach kids, and man, it'd be amazing that God would do it. It's got to be in God's timing and God's building, but anyways, I digress. But the fact is, we, we see here, except you be converted and become as children. God doesn't want you to come in your own abilities. God, I am so-and-so. I'm, you know, I've got all these degrees. God says, I don't care. I don't care. You're not going to get salvation based upon your own merit or your own abilities. You're coming because you realize who I am. And I am who I say I am. This exception prohibits any and all eternal builds. Look with me at Luke chapter 12, verse 19. Twelve, uh, Luke 12, 19. Here's an individual. He has quite a bit of wealth. In fact, he's a farmer, and he has, he has quite a bit of grain bins and those sorts of things. But he has such a bountiful year, he's going to build bigger and better. In verse uh, 18, and he said, This will I do, I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods, laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink. And be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. This man built, but it wasn't except the Lord built. He built. He says, I have many years left. And God says, tomorrow night or tonight, you're done. That's the end of your life. Nothing will last for eternity. The blueprints of accept the Lord build are not authenticated by the Lord, only a knockoff. You know, sometimes people might say, accept the Lord build, and, and there's many knockoffs with clear misprints and human alterations. In Matthew 15, 7-9, Ye hypocrites, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draw nigh to me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips. But their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. He says, listen, they said, except the Lord. You know, I mean, they're preaching the same thing. But they're not doing Jesus says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain. 
And I'm reading in my Bible, Jeremiah chapter 29 now, where he's talking about this particular guy, Shemaiah, who's preaching against Jeremiah. And Shemaiah is mad because Jeremiah says, Shemaiah, you're a liar. Uh, you're telling people the prophecies that are not true. And Shemaiah then writes a letter to all the people saying, we, Jeremiah is a madman. Why have we not reproved him, corrected him, gotten rid of him? And you have a choice here. Shemaiah... And then Jeremiah ends up writing to Shemaiah and saying, listen, God's going to get you and none of your seed will ever end up being a prophet again. Shemaiah built upon what he thought was God's word, but it wasn't. It was for selfish gain. I'd like you to look with me in another passage of scripture, John chapter 3. John chapter 3, verse 3. Jesus answered and said, And verily, verily, I say to thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say to thee, except a man be born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Unless you're physically born, born of water, right? A mother's water breaks. And you're born of the Spirit, born again, you can't enter heaven. The Bible also tells us in Colossians 2, 18 and 19, let no man beguile, it means deceive you, of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding the head. So preachers that preach Jesus, but they're not holding the head, Jesus, who is the head, from which all the body, by joints and bands, having nourishment ministered and knit together, increases with the increase of God. It is wholly impossible to join the construction crew of God unless you start with being under the Lord who is the head. The Bible says in Luke 13, 3, I tell you, uh, nay, except you, uh, I tell you nay, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. God is very, I mean, he says, except ye repent. There is no way to get to heaven except ye repent. Except the Lord build the house, you labor in vain. The blueprints of the Lord's buildings will not be understand nor successful until one is subject to the authority and contains a proper spiritual eyesight to see the blueprints. If I go to a construction site, there's one just down the road, and I say, hey, I'd like to see your blueprints. They're like, who are you? I don't work on that crew. I don't have a right to see those blueprints. But if I'm one of the contractors there and I'm doing work on that building, building the studs and all everything else, and I'm like, hey, where's this supposed to go? Let's go look at the blueprints. Hey, right. And I'm on, you know, in the Bible, God's saying, listen, I want you on, I want you to be, I mean, if you think about a construction crew, I want you on my crew. I want you as my child too, he says. Psalm 25, 8, good and upright is the Lord, therefore will he teach sinners in the way. God gives us instructions. You remember this in Acts chapter 8, verse, uh, these are the last two verses, and I'll conclude here. Acts chapter 8, turn with me here. I am not going to finish this today, this morning. I don't want to hurry through what we've got, but 
And Acts chapter 8, verse 30. Philip, who was an evangelist here, Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah. He's speaking about an Ethiopian eunuch uh, who was under the authority of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. So he's a very high-ranking man, a eunuch. Um, So in Acts chapter 8, verse 30. And Philip ran thither to him, actually, verse 29. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I, except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this, He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, like a lamb, dumb before his shears, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or of some other man? So he's saying, guess what, I'm willing to put myself under the authority of what I'm reading. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture, preaching to him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came into a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Salvation was first. He said, Listen, I'm going to accept Jesus by grace through faith alone. Then he was baptized. Baptism always follows salvation. Never. Baptism doesn't make you a Christian, but baptism always follows here. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went both down to the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized them. But what doth hinder me to be baptized? He said, you have to believe with all your heart. You have to put your faith in Jesus. You have to get on Jesus' construction crew, if you want to think about it from that way. Jesus is the head. He's the one that has the, he's the master architect, the blueprints. He's got everything. What the eunuch did, he says, listen, I am willing to accept the Lord. I am willing to submit my will to his. Confess my sins. Ask the Lord to forgive me. You see, Christian, this, or person, maybe you don't know Christ this morning, you have to be willing to submit to the authority of God's word, which says we're all sinners. Lord, would you forgive me? Christian, we have to submit to the Lord Except the Lord build the house. You're going to do a lot of labors, a lot of unnecessary work trying to build something that will never last because you have not allowed except the Lord. You don't have, you are not following the instructions and wisdom of God on how to do it properly. And you will not build something of any significant worth. So as we have our, come to our time of invitation this morning, simple invitation, number one, do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Have you ever submitted your will to ask Christ to forgive you of all your sins, trusting in Christ alone? You've put your will, you've said, I'm willing to submit to that authority of God as the one who will ultimately judge me one day. I ask him to forgive me, be my Savior. You're not trusting in good works or baptism or anything else, only Jesus. If you've never done that, man, I'd love to show you from the Bible how you can know for sure. I'd love to know. I'd love to show you. And Christian, stop trying to build outside of the directions and instructions that God has given us. Except the Lord build the house, you labor in vain. What a sad travesty and tragedy it is. So much effort is put into building that which is only empty.
May we get our sights right, get to the blueprints, and build something personally in our home, our church, that will honor the Lord. As we come to the time of invitation, if I could have Mrs. Pat come forward for me, please. Our invitation period this morning, if you've never been here or you're like, what is he talking about? The invitation period is a time for you and God, wherever you're seated, you can just bow your head, close your eyes, with all heads bowed and eyes closed. You can kneel in your pew. If you want to come up front and pray up front, you're welcome to do that as well. But it is important, however the Spirit of God has been working on your heart this morning, that you talk with him. And if he's saying, hey, this is a sin in your life, you need to say, God, I'm sorry, forgive me, help me change. If God's saying something else in your life, hey, you're not letting me be the blueprints for your life, Lord, forgive me for my own pride. Wherever you're at this morning, I trust that you would just pray and talk with God as his spirit is speaking to your spirit now. With heads bowed and eyes closed as the music plays. If you need someone to pray with you, I'd happily pray with you. But wherever you're at, with heads bowed and eyes closed, I trust that you would just do business with God. Just talk with Him. However, He is speaking to your spirit this morning. The Spirit of God can convict, to lead, to guide. And He wants to use you. And He wants to build something mighty in your life. But you won't allow except the Lord. And as a result, you're running on a treadmill going nowhere fast. God wants to use you. Maybe he's calling you to be saved. Maybe the next step in baptism. Maybe the next step, I need to, to join the church and get faithful for Christ. Whatever it is. Maybe it is I, all of us. God wants us to be a witness of what Jesus has done and can do in a life. You, Each and every one of you are important. And God wants to get a hold of your life and change you and mold us and build a house that'll stand. it comes to a close here shortly. Dear Heavenly and Gracious Father, Lord, I want to thank you for your presence to preach your word to these people that you love. They're your people, your heritage. Father, it's a privilege. And Lord, I pray today, in my life and the life of everyone here, we build our houses and homes and lives and church upon the way and the means with which you've called us to build. We're not going according to the growth the latest growth model or anything else, Father, we're going to get to the eternal Word of God and allow the Lord, you, to build the house, lest I labor in vain. I yield this time to thee. Thank you for your graciousness and mercy. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray.
Amen. God bless you.